0: On the show today, I'm joined by musical theatre star Rob Mills. We talk about his rise from Australian Idol to being a leading man in Australian music theatre to having his own cabaret show. And then, after that chat, all the usual reviews, so stay tuned for Benjamin May McKay's Talk To Me. Hello and welcome to Benjamin Mayor McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and as I said, joining me on the show today is Rob Mills. Now, we talk about his rise to uh, fame and his upcoming cabaret show, and you can get tickets to that show uh, through the link in the show notes. So without further ado, here's my chat with Rob Mills. Enjoy. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining me today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, uh, who are what... Inspired you to become a performer?
1: Oh mate, if we go back in time, probably John Farnham. When I was a kid, watching watching Farnsey, he was one of the best. Um, but also, uh, my dad's a big lover of music. Both my um, both my parents actually. My my mum's is a huge is a huge karaoke fiend, the karaoke queen we'll call her. I talk a little bit about her in the show, taking me to karaoke when I was a kid. But yeah, she's, um, she's, she loves the Streisands, the Linda Ronstadt, the Dion Warwick, uh, the Carpenters, Bette Midler, all that stuff. That's going to
0: help right you get into musical theatre.
1: Oh, mate, isn't it? Uh, and Dad was right into the Beatles and the Stones and uh, Roy Orbison. Yeah, so sort of an eclectic mix. And my oldest brother loved a lot of Aussie rock like Chisel and Midnight Oil and Diesel. And, and my middle brother was right into the... I suppose the grunge scene of like Nirvana and Offspring throughout the nineties. So, and I was, and I mainly sort of listened to top 40 pop stuff. So I had a pretty eclectic mix as a kid.
0: Mm, that's, that, 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 I mean, that would help with especially where you started on Australian Idol. That's going to make it a bit easier.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I sang a, a Westlife song for my audition after doing two gigs the night before of singing like Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam.
0: Uh, always got to, you know, change it up a bit for your set. Now, uh, now you started off on Australian Idol. Can you take us through your journey from Idol to your one-man cabaret show?
1: Yeah, um, I suppose it's a lot of ups, a lot of ups and downs. And this is, I suppose, what I talk about throughout the throughout my show is um, what happens when you get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a boost or a leg up into the industry. Um, for me, it was doing doing okay on the show, and you know, in, enjoying the. Um, so enjoying the being being a part of a, a television show, which is which is weird to say, but um, I love performing. But I was I really was interested in finding out how they made the show. I spent a lot of time with the director upstairs in the um, control booth and learned how the you know the presenters did their job and um, how the camera guys operated all their stuff. And I, I got really engrossed in actually the television, the product that was being made. Mm. And I probably should have been concentrating more on the. On the scene competition, but that was a foregone conclusion, wasn't it, with Guy? <laughs>
0: <Is> <laughs> well, it, in yeah. Adelaide, especially.
1: <laughs> I think he was. I think he was always going to. Yeah, I think he was always going to win it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to um, secure a record deal, and the whole Idol cast. We did a. We did a, a tour of all the big stadiums, and um, I did a record deal and did an East Coast tour and released a few singles, and and after that, sort of went downhill for a bit. And, was back laboring um, with some mates of mine for a, for about a year or so. And then I, I suppose, discovered musical theatre. I mean, I'd always known it was there, but um, saw a few shows on the West End and came back and worked really hard with um, acting classes, which I'd done throughout high school, but um, was always a bit, you know, a bit too scared to, to pursue it. So this time around, I was like, well, you've got to do things that scare you, Rob. So, yeah, lots of singing lessons and lots of acting lessons and, um. yeah it, I, I think it sort of it paid off in the end
0: it certainly did so um look, as you said you've been lucky enough to work on stage and on TV do you have a preference
1: no mate I, I like them, I like them both honestly it's I love the um um the theatre's great because you get that live um you know the, the reactions are live and they're, they're instant instantaneous mm-hmm. whereas I suppose when you're doing TV or film acting um <laughs> you might sh- you might shoot the scene two or three different ways and at the end it's like yep we got it cool moving on okay. <laughs> there's no good job mate that was great yeah. it. it's just um, you just it's just another bit of the puzzle you're mm-hmm. just a very small piece of the puzzle in um, in TV and film as as you are I suppose in, in all jobs I mean like I, I can't do my job without the lighting uh, without the person operating the um, the spotlight and can't can't, I can't do the scene if the, if the stage isn't, isn't there without the mechs doing their job and, you know, the stage manager calling their, their bit. So, um, but yeah, getting back to it as a preference, oh, no, nah, mate, I, I love just doing things that scare the bejesus out of me.
0: <laughs> well, now, speaking of being scared, you're about to start touring a one-man cabaret show around Australia. When did you Fair first mind. decide that this is something you wanted to do?
1: Um, oh, a while ago, probably over a year or so. You know, I've just been waiting for the right time, and I suppose you, you have to submit like um, years before, like a year, Sorry, not years before, like a year, a year before. Like, um, so I submitted ages ago for the shows and for the, for the festivals, and luckily I was luckily enough to, to um, with, without even a show. I mean, I said I just had a title, and I thought I just maybe I just talk about myself for a bit. I spend, I, I spend, and you know, I seem to do that a lot. So I thought I could probably just do that on stage and add some songs. Um, so I think yeah, maybe probably, probably about a year. Mm. Um, and the, the the reason for it is just um, there's no other no other shows I was doing at the moment. I just I wanted to do wanted to just sing some songs and maybe tell some stories.
0: Yeah. So there was a, obviously a development process you went through. Can you take us through that?
1: Yeah, I got together with a friend of mine, Natalie Garronzi, who's a uh, who's a writer, and um, she, I actually met her when we did we hosted an Applake game show together years ago, but yeah, she's a great comedy writer, and she writes for numerous publications, um, and th- she thought, well, she said to me, well, maybe I could write it with you, I was like, okay, because I, like, I don't think I could do it myself, I don't know where to start, I've never done this before. So, we just sat down, we had a few Skype sessions, and just talked about the... I suppose the the key the key moments in in your life mm-hmm. and what what sort of happened and why that happened and then we got together with a great director in Tyrone Park and he's you know he's directed numerous um, sort of plays and musical theatre and done done a lot of cabaret himself and he's critically acclaimed and he's just a, an awesome guy I think he's one of the I think he's one of the talents of Australian theatre um, so lucky enough to secure him as my director and. And also um, gaining the skills of, of Andrew Woolboys, who's just finished doing Sweet Charity, uh, which was a tremendous success. Um, so he's, he's come along as the music director and we've just been work- working through the, um, the song list, I suppose, for the last couple of months. Mm.
0: So you've mentioned there are a few people who, who you work with. So how many people are involved in making this show come to life?
1: Uh, that's the, those, they're the, they're the, four. the four. I've got a, you know, a graphic designer. Uh, who does on my website and stuff so she's helped design the posters and had a photographer take a great shot for the um for the poster and yeah but uh, and of course there's my girlfriend who uh who, who helps not only in emotional support but uh she's uh, she's she's good for um a bit of banter when i need some some help with the script or dialogue or yeah she's quite good
0: mm. i mean as this is a one-man show it's probably quite different to some of the other stuff you've done what are you like in disciplining yourself to you know, rehearse it or write it or, or, or the jobs that you have to take on?
1: Oh, mate, I'm not great, let's be honest. Um, I, get, I, get, I get distracted very easy. I have, uh, as someone once called it, um, ADOS is attention deficit. Oh, shiny. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm lucky enough to be staying on the Gold Coast at the moment. Um, with my mum, that's not the lucky bit. Um, my girlfriend's choreographing, which I've like gone up here at the, the Performing Arts Centre. So the, um, the curator here has let me have the basement theatre to rehearse. So I've got a great space where I can come and, um, I suppose, pretend that there's an audience.
0: Well, you got to start practising sometime.
1: Yeah, well, I've been, for so the last sort of few months, have, have been that, just at least a few hours a day, just getting the script down in your head. It's a bit odd when there's, there's no, there is no dialogue, it's all monologue. You just sort of feel like you're talking to yourself, but you're talking to the audience as if it's a conversation, but it's only you talking. Mm-hmm. So, it's, mate, it's completely different. It's like nothing I've ever done before.
0: And I suppose that, that gives you that scare factor that you were looking for.
1: Exactly. I'm terrified. Uh, and I'm hoping that it, this will only um, <laughs> help my nerves in the future as well.
0: Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Now, uh, what what are some some of the songs that you'll be singing during the show?
1: I'm um, singing some songs from shows that I've done. Like, there's a I do a little bit of dancing through life from Wicked. Um, there's a bit of um, there's a song from Once in there. A song from Avenue Q. A song from Catch Me If You Can. Um, but also some some pretty big pop hits, I suppose. Uh, Gavin DeGraw, uh, Taylor Swift. Ben Howard, sort of a folky rock guy. Um, Doobie Brothers gets a run. A bit of Gautier. So it's it's a pretty eclectic mix.
0: Mm, That'll be great for selling it, because you can sell it to your idol pop fans, and then your theatre, you know, your, your diehard cult following from Greece and, and you know Wicked.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, what's what I'm hoping? I'm hoping um, that people that don't like musical theatre, that might, I don't know, maybe they'll... I appreciate it the way that I appreciate it. Um, I think musical theatre, good musical theatre, is a um, is something definitely to be to be seen and to be treasured. I think if you can't can't say the words that you need to say to the audience or to um, to the person you're talking to, um, then you you sing it. You sing those words that, and try and affect the person that way. And if you can no longer and affect that person by singing to them you stop and just talk to them again you know it's all about convincing the other person of something that you want to, you know something that you want to say
0: mm, selling the message
1: yeah well selling an idea or an emotion or just yeah just trying to get a i suppose get your point across i think that's what real really good musical theater does with some good underscoring and i look at shows like wicked and um Jersey Boys does it very well, considering it's a you know it's a, a jukebox musical, but it it underscores very well and keeps that sort of the flow going and the, the emotion going in the the storytelling.
0: Hmm. It certainly does. Now, uh, what would you say is one of the most exciting or challenging parts of choosing your own set?
1: Oh, mate, it's hard because there's so many songs that I've loved over the years. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to hard to put them all on the show. There's so many good songs that I like that had to get cut. Not enough time. But maybe one day I'll get to I'll get to do them. And I think that's it's, it's challenging to yeah to try and fit them all in.
0: Mm. So there'll be a sequel show.
1: <laughs> oh mate, my life's not that big. Come on, I've, I haven't done that much. I don't. <laughs> I might have to find a different subject matter. But yeah, I. If this goes well, I might uh, try and do another show about something else. I don't know. I'll see how this one goes first.
0: <laughs> see what the future holds.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, what do you think are the key elements to make a show like this successful?
1: Um, I think it just goes back to storytelling, mate. Right? If you if you're not engaged, if you're not engaging the audience in your in your stories, um, I think I think that's where you 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 lose out. Um, yeah, I think. Telling stories that people can connect with.
0: Mm, definitely, I'd agree um, yeah. with
1: that. Yeah, I think I think that's where, I think that's where most shows are, are successful, and um, I think that's why I most love stories that work, you know, because <laughs> people like you know they boy meets girl, they get oh I can relate to that yeah that's that's me that's that's happened, um mm-hmm. love and loss and all all those sorts of things, um so I think I, I'm hoping that you know my stories. I've made it a little bit relate- relatable, I suppose. I, mm. I don't imagine everyone's been on a reality TV show and gone on to record music, but they've probably gone through some of the um, emotions the emotion, of here. The emotions that go with it, whether whether it be a new job or a relationship or whatever whatever it is.
0: Mm. Now, I mean, one of the great things about your show, from what I know of it, is the title. I absolutely love the title. Now, that can be one of the hardest, yet most crucial elements in a production like this. How did you come up with Rob Mills' is surprisingly good?
1: Mate, that's been generally the... every review that I've ever gotten uh, over the last sort of decade or so. I mean, he's surprisingly good. I thought he'd be rubbish, but he's actually not bad. The other one is, oh, he's not a bad bloke. I was like, what do you mean, not a bad bloke? <laughs> we never, never met before. Um, so it's 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 that's of really interesting. The the way you are perceived um, after being on a reality TV show, after singing a few songs, or um, you know, literally, it literally is the fifteen minutes of fame. Like you, I, I counted up the minutes that I was actually on Idol over six or seven weeks or whatever it was, and it's it pretty much amounts to fifteen minutes. So I thought, wow. really is it really is that and no wonder people have that idea of who i am or but then i'm like it's kind of who i was i was 20 21 year old kid just you know happy to be there (laughs) works well with others just having a having a laugh kind of uh, kind of kind of kid um i think i've definitely changed since then but yeah the, the title comes from um that sort of perceived the Perceivement, is that even a word? I d-
0: I'm not sure it is, but you've made it one now.
1: I've, I've just made that up. I've just literally made. Uh,
0: and that is sure. how good your writing skills are.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, call me Shakespeare. Actually, <laughs> don't call me Shakespeare. He's the best. Um, yeah, how how people perceive you, and how even and how even I perceive myself. Do I perpetuate the notion of of being surprisingly good? Do I have? Do I set my expectations um, low? So then, even when I do the gig, go, Oh yeah, that was that was actually that was actually all right. I know for a fact I've never done a good dress rehearsal. Not once. I've even that, had.
0: That's got to make producers scared. I mean.
1: Mate, I've had producers and like corporate gig stuff, people like the producers of that come up and go, Is, to my management or even to me, are you? you you're going to be all right? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the day before Carol's by Candlelight, I've done Carol's a few times now. And when we do the rehearsal with the band for the first time, um. <laughs> I've had producers go, are you? You're going to be all right in the night. Yeah mate, yeah yeah yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so maybe it's me. Maybe I'm as I said, Maybe I'm perpetuating. Who knows? Maybe. But yeah, I've never. I on the on the night, everyone's like, oh, it was actually that was that was really good. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm setting my expectations. or setting the bar too low. But this this time around, I'm. Um, I suppose it's uh, I'm trying to set the bar a lot higher for myself and not. Um. Yeah, not try and come in the day before and put it together. Mm. So it's, it does. The one thing I have noticed over the years is that the the more that I, the more that I practiced. Um, you know, the better things get. Was my stepdad always said, "Oh, you're just a, you know you're really lucky." I'm like, well, the more that I practiced, the luckier I got. So,
0: effort pays off.
1: Yeah. 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 I think, I think so. So that's um, I suppose I'm trying to do for, the, for this show. And if people walk away going, oh, you was surprisingly good, I'd be like, that's cool. It's, it's, you know, it's still a compliment. You've got to take a compliment even if it's backhanded.
0: <laughs> you do, yes. Now, uh, in summary, what can audiences expect to see when coming to Rob Mills is surprisingly good?
1: Oh, man, just a bit of a look at a kid from the suburbs trying to, trying to make good, I suppose. Or tr- trying, to work out his, trying to work out his way in this world. Wonderful. With some good songs and, um, yeah, there'll be some sing-along moments, I hope I hope everyone joins in.
0: Now, at the moment, you've got some dates outlined for, uh, for Sydney and Melbourne. Any plans to tour the rest of Australia?
1: Yeah, I'm opening, actually, in Mackay on the 12th of June. Uh, and then on the 14th in Brisbane at the Powerhouse. Uh, and then Sydney for a few days, 20, I think it's 23rd and 24th. Melbourne at the Alex Theatre uh which is a great new venue which i haven't seen yet but i'm very excited that's the my biggest show i think it's like 500 seats or something
0: wow that um, that's big
1: i'm doing 3 nights there so selling 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 okay which is which is good to hear um so that's um the 25th 26th 27th and then the new salon weekend which is in july and i think um also going to be in geelong later in the year as well as um ballarat for the ballarat cabaret festival
0: Mm -hmm. still missing out a couple of states like adelaide where i'm based (laughs) maybe one day
1: yeah mate i think i think i'd love i mean I, i maybe try and get into the adelaide um festival cabaret festival for next year um i didn't get in this year but hopefully um the reviews are good and Maybe someone will come and see it and recommend me for next year, and, and then hopefully yeah, get over to Perth as well. I really love it there. Mm. I don't know how I'd go in Darwin, but yeah, give it a go.
0: Now um, look, you're talking. There's so many dates, there, so many locations. So how would you describe the life of a musical theatre performer?
1: Oh, it's great. Like when you've got work, it's fantastic. <laughs> you're at a great job. You're in a you're in a good company. You're in you've got family around you, and I mean that in sense of like the cast and the crew you you do bond and you become a great family and um and i went from legally blonde straight to greece and it was almost like I'd, I'd moved moved cities and my family had moved and i'd just gone to a new school that had to well pretty much i had i've gone from harvard to Rydell. out um but mate, the the life is life is fantastic and i think it's it's in the musical theater industry i think theater in general, he's in a really he's in really good shape here in um, in Australia. A lot of a lot of new companies are starting to um, t- to create their own work, um, which is great to see. And I, I think it's it'll it, it'll see a um, you'll see a lot more upcoming new shows. Like I mean, I saw Dogfight the other day at the Hayes Theatre, which was fantastic. Which is an off-Broadway production, which was brought here by Neil Gooding. Um, but yeah, there'll be a lot more um, Australian work being performed and put together and a lot more people putting on their own sort of productions, and hopefully, like this sort of stuff, like the Cabaret Festival sounds great. I mean, the lineup this year looks incredible.
0: Mm. It certainly does. I mean, there's I th- art in Australia is finally making a comeback. No matter how many cuts the government gives us.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of like um, you know a bit of a, an up yours to the to the government. We'll just we'll keep finding finding our way.
0: That's right. Well, artists have
1: to. Absolutely. I'm. Yeah, when you're out when you're out of work and you're you know making coffees or labouring and just trying to find the, the next gig, it's always good to uh, to know that you've got your your mates around you and that you can create work on the side for yourself. Mm.
0: Well, now where can listeners get tickets to see your show?
1: Mate, if you go to robmills.net.au, net all the details will be on my website. Um, but depending on, on on what city, but uh, it's the powerhouse website. Um, for Brisbane. There's thehays.com.au for the Hayes Theatre. Um, Then there's uh, Ticket Tech for Melbourne, and I think Noosa Long Weekend Festival. You'll find all the details there in Noosa.
0: Wonderful, and I encourage people to check that out.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, mate.
0: Well, uh, what would you say has been the highlight of your career so far?
1: I suppose the highlight is still being here is pretty good. Uh, I don't mean just like in the in the flesh, but I just mean just still being able to get work and find new challenges. And um, I suppose to be able to call myself a, um, a leading man of musical theatre is pretty good. I think that's a bit of a highlight.
0: <laughs> it's got to be, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, considering I was just a little kid from the, for Burbs who just like to sing sing songs in the, in the band. Um, yeah, I think that would def- definitely be the highlight, of just um, finding a way to keep, keep, keep working, surrounding myself with a really good team. I, don't, I can't give myself all credit at all. Um, I've always surrounded myself with good people, friends, mentors. Um, so yeah, the, hi- the highlight would be, I suppose, just still being here, mate, and hopefully that'll continue.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, uh, finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performing arts?
1: Don't do it, mate. Don't do it. Uh, (laughs) It's a tough kick. Unless you're going to get on The Voice or X Factor or one of those. No, I'm joking. Um, What advice would I give? Um, Find yourself, I think I just said before, find yourself good mentors. Find yourself really good people to surround yourself with. And from different industries. Um, and a good senior, like a, but a good scene teacher always helps and a good acting coach. Remember, if it doesn't work, if someone recommends them and they say, oh, they're the best, but you don't actually click with them, you don't have to see them. Go somewhere else. Try something new. If nothing works when you're going forward, just take a left turn. Go right. But always keep moving forward. But, yeah. And I think some of the best advice I ever got was... Um, uh, from Cam Daddo a few years ago was don't wait for permission. Don't wait for that, that role to come to you if you're not getting the lead role or you're not getting that gig that you really wanted. Just make it yourself. Find something else. Yeah, find something else that you want to do. If it, if no one's going to give you the work, go and make it yourself. We're in such a great era where everyone's got a mobile phone, which is shoots in HD. Like, uh, everyone's, everyone's got a lounge room. Everyone's got it. Like you can, you can, you can put things together quite easily these days. Uh, create um, a script or um, a play or uh, even like a funny six-second skit. Like I don't know. Like there's so there's so many ways to, to be creative these days, and it's so easily accessible.
0: It's, it's, so many... it's a really
1: good time to be an artist.
0: It's a fantastic time. Well, all the best with Rob Mills is surprisingly good, and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for where people can find your website and get tickets.
1: Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the chat, and good luck, and well done on you with this podcast. Congratulations.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks. That was my chat with Rob Mills, and as I said, there is a link in the show notes to his website where you are able to find tickets for his show, Rob Mills is surprisingly good. Now, it has been quite a while since my last podcast, so I do have quite a few movies to review. Uh, Let's start with Gemma Bovary. It's a French film, and it has heart, and it has a clever premise, but it does lack somewhat in depth. I gave that one two and a half stars, and the screening was courtesy of Stephen Watt Publicity. Then I had a look at Mad Max Fury Road, and it is a spectacle. It looks amazing, but it lacks in plot. And I know mean, a lot of people who have disagreed with me on that one, but uh, you know I'm sure original Mad Max fans will enjoy it, but to me, this is boring, violent, and the plot is unjustified, making it wholly an unenjoyable experience. I gave that one two stars, and the screening was courtesy of Roadshow Entertainment. The next movie I saw was Partesian. Now, watching Partesian was like watching a school performance of Hamlet. The text was amazing, but the child actors let everything down. It had a lot of potential, and I gave that one three stars, as Vincent Cassell's performance was enough to hold my attention for a great deal of the film. The next movie I saw, thanks to Disney, was Tomorrowland. Now, Tomorrowland proves that young adult movies are worth more than they are given credit for. It's such a fun, adventurous film with a lot of depth and relevance to today's society. And I really did like that one, and uh, that's playing now. The next film I saw was Woman in Gold, and Helen Mirren offers an outstanding performance in a war movie, Triumph. It's one of the best war films of all time, and it does feature a sublime performance from leading lady Helen Mirren. I gave that one four stars, and the screening was courtesy of Palace Nova Cinemas. The next film I saw was Spy, and Spy is a genuinely funny movie. It's hardly intellectual, and the, and the great thing about Spy is it was aware of exactly what type of film it was, it didn't try to be anything else. And the writing itself wasn't actually that bad, there are a couple of plot twists that were actually surprising, unlike some of the real Spy movies. Uh, I gave that one three stars, and again the screening was courtesy of Palace Nova Cinemas. And more recently, I checked out Entourage. Now, it was an enjoyable 100 minutes, but it wasn't superb in any way, shape, or form. But it was fun. I also gave that one three stars, and thanks again to Palace Nova Cinemas for that screening. Now, the next movie I saw was uh, a lot less enjoyable. It was Aloha, and I gave it half a star. It was an utter disaster from beginning to end. I mean, there are very few movies that are actually this bad. Uh, Everything about the film was awful. The casting, the writing, the filming, the music. I mean... The strongest performance was that of Alec Baldwin, who had a total of about seven lines. The only redeeming feature of this film is the fact it ran 14 minutes under its advertised length. Yeah, it was that good. Uh, So I gave that one, as I said, half a star, and also thanks to Palace Nova for that screening. Now, a documentary that I saw a couple of nights ago is The Emperor's New Clothes. Now, this documentary is about Margaret Thatcher's introduction of free market fundamentalism and how that helped the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and it is utterly superb. It's designed to create a revolution, and Russell Brand uh, narrates and stars uh, sublimely. I really do encourage you to check that out, and I gave that one five stars, and the screening was courtesy of uh, Stephen Watt publicity. So now on to the DVD reviews. Thanks to Madman Entertainment, I've had the opportunity to check out the first three seasons of Columbo. Now, I was actually unsure how these would survive. The test of time, as some shows that, and that from the 70s were not not watchable at all now. However, I found Columbo thoroughly enjoyable. I've watched a disc from each season, and you can tell that the quality of the writing and acting does it does increase from season one to three. I mean, I looked at the, the first disc of season one, and you know, with the pilot, the, which is feature length, it can get a little bit tedious. But it's certainly either way, it's a uh, it's at least a you know good three three and a half performance. Uh, and then Season 2 was a lot better, and I think it stabilises a lot at Season 3, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where the show goes in the future releases. I've also uh, just received Camp X-Ray, which is out now on DVD. I haven't had the chance to look at that one yet, but I will have a review of that next month. And the next lot of reviews I have are from Roadshow Entertainment. Now, Roadshow have given me some wonderful DVDs to look at. The first one uh, that I checked out was Stop Laughing, This Is Serious. Now, this is a documentary about the rise uh, and, I suppose, creation of Australian comedy. Uh, And I found it very interesting. It interviewed all sorts of high-profile names. And uh, I do encourage you to check that one out. It is thoroughly enjoyable. Another Roadshow release out this month is American Sniper. Now, when I saw this at the cinemas, I didn't really like and I have to say unfortunately nothing has changed I still don't like the premise of the film glorifying a, a killer um, so not one I'd strongly recommend uh, another action film out this month is Wild Card. now this does have uh, a range of celebrities involved um, and it is a fun action movie it's not overly deep or meaningful but if you're looking for a yes uh, was a bit like Die Hard-esque or uh, that kind of action film you will enjoy that one I've also checked out the series Lovejoy, which I found rather entertaining. Uh, Again, not one of the strongest series ever produced, but I did like it. And I do encourage you, if you're looking for a new show to pick up, to check that one out. I also had a look at ABC's Toast of London, series one and series two. Um, Now, it is a rather dark uh, subject matter, but I still enjoyed it. And I do think that fans of the mystery, or I suppose Whitechapel-esque drama, will definitely enjoy it. I'll be back next month with some more DVD reviews thanks to the wonderful Madman and Roadshow Entertainment and don't forget all our sponsors their their links are in the show notes there's Mad Zombie Collectibles, Palace Nova Cinemas Madman Entertainment and Roadshow Entertainment and they are wonderful for supporting the show well I've been your host Benjamin May McKay don't forget to have a look at Rob Mills' website and buy tickets to his show Rob Mills is surprisingly good I'll be back later this month with another exciting interview see you then